Was it you that can do that, like, throat singing from Dune? Okay, so it was not you. <laughs> oh, you mean, like, the, the metal? Oh, Luke was better at it than me. Was it sure. low with it? Yeah, yeah. You're listening to the Gift Horse Podcast, a red pill commentary on life for your ears only. And now, here's Tim and Connor. Because it was some. some... Wow. I found it. I found it. Woo. Yeah, it's right in the back of your I would, throat. I've been trying to. Been trying, trying to imitate that, but I found it. I found what they're doing with their throat. That's great. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It starts off. That's great. It starts off with that chanting. Mm hmm. So great. I cannot wait for part two. Here's the thing. Sure. Yeah. I love the first one so much uh-huh. because it's just so artistic and the director is not really known for franchises. The French Even, dude? Villeneuve. That sounds pretty French to me. Yeah. De Villeneuve. Uh-huh. Villeneuve de Pop. He's known for just doing these single films with no sequels or anything, even though some of them were sequels to a franchise. But this is his, from beginning, starting a big franchise and uh-huh. continuing on. It's like a Christopher Nolan thing where we're going to notice our, his highs and lows of yep. like the Batman trilogy that he made. But for Dune, I mean, do you think it's possible the second one is just going to prove that he should stick to one movie stories? No, because... Everyone's going to say the second one's better than the first one. The first one builds up to the second one. It's just kind of how it is. Especially the storyline that's already been out in the open. I mean, you know, they made a movie in the 80s with Sting or whatever. Yeah, which is great. Best movie in the world. The the soundtrack was fun, though. It was iconic. I remember it. It's great. I don't remember that. But that movie is really just, it's fascinating to watch Mm -hmm. in the sense of production. It's just amazing to to look back on these older versions and just trying to see how they could get away with sci-fi without having like CGI. Mm -hmm. The practical effects of telling a huge story and the creativity of having to get around obstacles like how do we create this massive worm that's supposed to be bigger than houses? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, how do we get our character riding this thing that's supposed to be amazingly huge in scale? Mm-hmm. And back then, seeing their methods of how they did that with like stop motion stuff and yep. blended in practical effects, it's more fascinating than the actual story that they try to tell. Yep. Just because it's like the method, the method of how they told that story was more interesting than the story itself. <laughs> I see. <laughs> no i agree though completely i think actually some of the ways that they filmed the star wars series we're not star wars nerds we're no one this is the only time we're ever going to mention star wars i think right right tim I grew, just up, to, I grew up with it no no we just I, have to say no there's just this one thing oh. nothing else so all of it was bad to you everything the original were the originals the best movies in the world no not in the world but of the um, star wars franchise the original three what uh, started Luke was a little it, annoying and look how his character changed I was gonna go to Tashi Airplane for power converters Now I guess I'm going nowhere This is the last, this is the last time we'll ever mention Star Wars He starts singing the song. Isn't fair Someone move this walking carpet Someone kick this walking carpet Someone move this walking carpet Walking, walking Blah. Well, I guess you don't really know anything about women. 
you were in, in a zone. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. <laughs> you just said that you had to finish the whole song. I, yeah, it felt like it. Yeah, still, there's some parts. It's what's the what's the kid in um um uh, the accountant? The kid he needs to finish the projects he starts. You remember that the accountant with uh, Batman Light? <laughs> Batman. <laughs> Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. The the bad Batman. Him trying to be Batman before he was even put as Yeah, yeah. Batman. And the accountant, yeah. he was pretty great, yeah. He I did very Batman-like stuff. <clears throat> yeah, it was, yeah. Except that he was autistic, and that was like the thing that they had to... It's like they had to take Goodwill Hunting, but just, just up the ante. Up it, yeah. Make mm-hmm. it more epic. But this time, <laughs> it's not he Matt can, Damon, it's me. Yeah, he can function normally in society. No one will ever think twice about it <laughs> definitely the way he acts no one will ever remember his character in all sorts of evil dealings around the entire world <laughs> evil dealings well i mean they, they made it seem like he's like he's in the background picture of every photo of every bad guy ever right. and then people are like nah no idea who the accountant is like no nah, not doing it for me the guy that can't have a normal conversation about eating a sandwich on steps mm, doesn't <laughs> ring a bell I take it you you didn't like the accountant. Oh no, I actually love the accountant. <laughs> I was just poo-pooing on it a little La- bit. A little bit. Yeah. I just thought it was hilarious though. They're like so movies tend to give you these really awesome stories, right? But then they give you a detail that you're just supposed to blow over. And sometimes that becomes the focal point. Right? I start to like l- l- dig into it. As an Intel analyst, I would look at that and be like, okay, so no one sees this six foot three white dude, right, that's in Saudi Arabia doing accounting stuff who's acting mentally disabled, right? And no one remembers who this guy is. Like I'm just I'm I'm just saying. So I'm a little bit upset about it. You're so steamed. <laughs> I, I, I Where think it's is funny. this coming from? Uh, I was just uh, just playing the playing the bit. <laughs> I, I, you know, little things like that though kind of get my goat. You oh know? my gosh, you you were Batman there. You were vengeance. I was the knight. <laughs> Six foot three white dude. <laughs> With that sort of like standards of reality for uh-huh. movies. Yeah. Is there a movie that kind of it checks for you? Like, you know what? That's that's probably the most realistic version of reality that I've ever seen in a movie. I, I think a couple of different war movies have done it. Like, I mean, what, which I've, war movies? That'd be interesting because that's like they have to be military accurate, and you've actually yeah. So I think like really funny things. Okay, so the closest to my job would have been the Eye in the Sky movie, right? You ever see that one? It was really crappy. It was with a bunch of British actors. And it was about drones and about, you know, PTSD from uh, bombing people. So I guess that the people aspect of it related most similarly to how people function in a war kind of environment. The technology, though, was super far-fetched. I think but they got they- a lot of the details right when it comes to portraying human emotion. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I would say more like Black Hawk Down would be most combat accurate just just watching mm. you know certain things take place I um, definitely get feel a very different kind of grit uh-huh. after watching that movie yeah you could ask any uh, like i feel real combat. adrenaline <clears throat> as oh, if yeah. it's modern day like mm-hmm. it's yeah yeah you could ask any any veteran that was over there between like 2000 2008 they would say the same thing but that was that's more my generation is the those would be older guys that were over there then but i mean mogadishu was was a little bit before that so that would be the, the guys that had probably just retired would have been yeah doing the mogadishu thing so it was 93 right 90 uh, i can't remember the date what's your favorite war movie 
I mean, for, for a person who's been in the military, has a very realistic perspective of what what goes on in the modern day battleship with um, Rihanna. It's all, it's all it's all overblown. No, no, that's great. No, I mean that's definitely the most accurate representation of the Navy I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> he like drops um, the anchor to swing the battleship around. To no, that's fire. cool. Yeah, that would definitely hold. <laughs> they would totally do that in real life. Yeah, that's happened many a times. Actually, it's a maneuver. It's yeah, a technical maneuver that's saved for alien invasion. Yep. Yeah, we used it in a couple of um, exercises off the coast of California. Just, you know, drop an anchor, roll a ship around. It's just an aircraft carrier or <laughs> whatevs. What it's just, a big anchor. Yeah, we're doing a 180 gents. <laughs> Tokyo Drift. <laughs> but what is your favorite war movie? Favorite war movie. You know, that's a great question. Telling the public that I don't I don't honestly know. I don't I don't know. I don't want to be judged because of it. I don't I don't know, honestly. I, I have to really think about that. I couldn't tell you. Well it doesn't have to be a public statement. It could just be you personally. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It's the war movie that's that really stuck with you the, the most. I think of Saving Private Ryan. Uh-huh. It's, yeah, that was great. It's World almost like yeah. I, I am captivated when I'm watching it, but I uh-huh. also just don't want to watch it uh-huh. just because I'm anticipating the moments that are just so visceral. Mm-hmm. Like knowing what's to come, the, those scenes that just stick in your brain. Yeah, actually, really, the the pianist, um, Adrian Brody, that's yeah, won that Academy Award. Yeah, that really he is so cool. He's like Humphrey Bogart in yeah. that movie. That really affected me. Just kind of understanding the actual detriment that war has on everyone. That one kind of. Uh, like the Jewish community. Yeah, yeah, that showed kind of a little bit more realism. It didn't glorify the violence. I mean. It wasn't 12 Strong, you know? What, what's so 12 Strong? That's the one with Thor riding on a horse uh, while everything oh, explodes that, around him. Yeah, The recent one? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, for man. sure. Oh, I did watch a, a recent... Joke? Yeah, it was pretty much a joke. Yeah, it was oh, just like, no. America, flying a flag on this horse behind me. America, <laughs> letting bombs explode all around me. That was a really good Thor one. Thor is fighting on our side. Yeah. When you got the God of Thunder, he's the man. <laughs> We can kick butt in Afghanistan. <laughs> Thank you. I'll be here all night. I used to charge $50 an hour for singing. Now here I am. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'd make this one out to my... Oh, what's that? <laughs> it's exactly what you heard. It's called slapping. Nice. Oh, nice. I like it. Did you Will Smith me or did I Will Smith you? The sound effect of you even being struck is also covered. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. It What's the difference between applause and cheering? Cheering has vocal. One's a cause, the other's an effect. No, they're both effects. No, cheering is trying to cheer on their team and an applause is a reaction to something. No, they're both effects. You're wrong. Go home. You can cheer and applause at the same time. You can cheer... Well, As a form of applause. Oh, oh, it's that one. It's children cheering. Oh, wow. Could have really... Uh, yeah. How often do you want to play children cheering on your podcast? Hopefully never. Like, do you think anyone would take something seriously if you were like, here's some good news? What's the good news, Tim? Donate to the Red Cross today. <laughs> Actually, the... That just the, does not take anything seriously. Yeah, in Haiti, when the Red Cross got like $600 million to build houses, they actually only built six houses. So don't donate to the Red Cross. Donate to like Doctors Without Borders or someone that actually does stuff. I can't believe that's real. 
That's that's real. I cannot believe, believe it. That, that's just so bizarre because like even at the grocery store, I see the option to donate to so and so of whatever's happening. And it's a Ponzi. You scheme. always just think of okay, yeah, well, these causes, these really big organizations, you know, St. Jude's mm-hmm. Hospital, that kind of stuff. Yeah. That these are going to very honorable places, or all of them are. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate to know that they're yeah some very schemes that are covered up to not help at all. Now you can play the applause or the cheering. Was that booing? That was booing. Wow, that sounded... I don't know. I, I got mixed like emotions from that. I felt like I was just being pushed out into the ring. <laughs> Oof. Okay, if you were put in a gladiator scenario... A piscatory. Where you were being trained at a... Piscatory. I already know the answer to the question. You don't even have to finish. What type of style would I fight, Tim? It would be a piscatory. I would be the dude that has the fishy-looking hat, right? I don't have a shirt on because I'm a badass... All right, I'd have the frickin' trident in a net, all right? I am a Piscatory gladiator at heart, in my soul, and in my mind. <laughs> you can't take that away from me. <laughs> why, were, why were you so primed to answer that one question? <laughs> I have no idea. I've been wanting to tell someone, and this is the only... <laughs> what kind of style, gladiator I style I would have? <laughs> <laughs> that's an animated segment <laughs> that's where i would take that segment give it to an editor yeah, be like, yeah. put this into a cartoon oh my gosh that, that would be hilarious. great put that on just art. slowly just like you talking yourself of what you would use uh-huh. oh my gosh wow that was where's this coming from i was just ready for it man freaking ready yeah, this is all great stuff this is like a, a <laughs> two weeks worth of content because i'm dropping like two a week nice well, you're gonna have to have some editing in there. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I actually had to get another subscription to trial of Descript, uh, and I just kind of plugged in my next Google account and mm-hmm. got three more hours. Nice. So it's like <clears throat> great. It's like it's it's kind of the feeling is like having that software is like taking first class in a, you know in a plane yep. and then having to go back to coach the next flight. Mm-hmm. Like after having first class, I. I <laughs> Like, I'm not going back. I can't. I won't. Uh-huh. <laughs> the Seinfeld. <laughs> I, can't, I, won't. I can't. I won't. How many times have you actually ridden first class? Only twice. You? What were the occasions? Uh, I was in military uniform at the time. Yeah, I think one guy gave me a seat because I was coming back from from Greece. Uh, I, I tried to refuse it. Like he was, he was super crazy about it so i was like okay cool no way yeah, yeah louis ck did a bit about that uh-huh. where he would picture it's like i ride first class and i feel like i feel like a moron because here are these people who are gi- giving their lives to their country uh-huh. they think <laughs> yeah i slept for like five hours on the on the flight it was great yeah that's so cool yeah, if we being six foot, did that. yeah being six foot seven I'm, i mean like having leg room is, is a glorious thing do you know what i do on a flight tim you you might actually this is cool this is like some good like top tier self-help for tall men all right i actually bring a jacket and i tie my legs together i tie them in front of me so that they stand vertically right that way if i fall asleep my legs don't splay out and i bump the two people next to me yeah dude that is yeah that's genius i know i I thought that (laughs) someone was like dang 
that's commitment. And I was like, no, this is <laughs> this is smart. needed. Yeah, that's that's seriously the most comfortable way where we don't have that weight of of <sighs> you know holding our legs together. Exactly. Because, yeah. Wow. Is joints, you know? It, it really is, yeah. Because you're like you're stiff there the whole time, and you're trying to keep your knees pressed together. That's I was incredible. Like, I was like, I'm removing this. Oh, man. I'm removing this. Uh, I, this block. Um, I don't know if I'll ever like once I try that on my next flight. If uh-huh. I'll ever not do that again. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's great. Like you can fall asleep and you you don't have to worry about anybody now. You know. You have to get up real quick. Oh, <laughs> you're tied yeah, up. You're, you're good, man. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, just a little square knot with the with the hoodie. Oh man. It's so weird to like talk to other tall people about life hacks for being yeah, tall. Yeah, yeah. Because I've always uh, come across like an apartment shower uh, and the shower head's just like facing below my chin. Yep. <laughs> it's made for a much smaller person. What qualifies as a t- as a tall average shower head for buildings? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the higher the height, the more pipe you have in the walls, which costs money over time. So I think if they couldn't or didn't have to add so a shower head minimum yeah they, they they meet the minimum whatever height requirement it is they they meet that to code so yeah and i would say some people that are you know want to say like oh look we have a luxury shower or you're buying the luxury package kind of thing or this is an upgraded house they'll put it at you know seven feet or something like that six foot nine i think seven feet might be might be where most shower heads are in the wall at least because i know like when i position it it's right at my head like it'll touch my nose, the shower head. Wow. I don't know if it's lower for you or not. Uh, it's at my forehead. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Different houses too. So. I'd be interested to see how you would edit an episode. Let's do it right now, fam. She. <laughs> I would be interested to see of of how you would tweak things. Mm-hmm. You know what things you want to keep in, keep out. Mm-hmm. What you I'd, I'd actually like to learn. Yeah, that'd be cool. I could see you doing that. Like yeah. you seem like a, a tech person with software. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh! What's a movie that you like used to watch all the time, and now you just kind of you kind of grew out of it? Like Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Uh-huh. That was yeah. a movie I loved in college, and I would just like that's a classic you go to. Yep. And I haven't seen it in the past like ten years. I, I would honestly say Fight Club. Yeah, me and a buddy of mine. He I live with him for. Uh, a semester basically we would watch fight club like every other day and i think it had a good premise it had a good very you know visceral understanding of what manhood was kind of thing and but i think i grew out of it because it was just so far off morally from anything i've ever wanted to do with my life and it was just kind of yeah it's just kind of too dark yeah chuck palanuk is is an amazing author and uh, I, i give him credit for his genre but yeah, that's just not my life. You know, I'm not a gritty 22 year old boy that doesn't know about life anymore. And so, yeah, I, yeah I'd like to be a father that has children that don't read Chuck Palahniuk books <laughs> <laughs> or watch Fight Club, honestly. It's so weird how you could be against a film for one reason, yep. but totally attracted to it in another way. Yeah. Like, I, I love Fight Club just for the film work of David Fincher. Oh, it's great. For the probably the most clear performance by brad pitt the most yep. the most truest form of his acting strengths are shown in that and so the casting is incredible especially with edward norton as well helena bottom carter uh-huh. i mean just so much about that is it was so well made you know story and message alone ahead you know, of its separate. time yeah that was that was the perfection of you know 
the year 2000 or 1999 or whatever it was. <laughs> I think I it mean, was 99, honestly. I mean, it's like this guy, you can definitely tell his style of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like when it comes to, like, he did the social network. Yep. He takes tone very seriously. 1999. Yeah, just had to verify. I, I figured it was right before Y2K. Just because a lot of the inferences in there were kind of tied to the, the Y2K collapse. Oh, no. The paranoia, that kind of thing. Weird for, like, the movie industry to, like, keep doing business as normal with the fears of this could ruin our technological industry of how we do business. You what know, are you talking about? If, if Y2K actually did come true to be this oh, thing I that see. Uh-huh. all the machines were, like, reset or something. That would have been cool. That's apocalyptic kind of level. Eh, not really. Well, it's like worldwide shutdown of, of like commerce. Of energy, yeah, commerce, yeah. It's like if all I think the it'd do a lot of good. be zeros. I think to a certain extent it'd do a lot of good. But that's just my own personal opinion. Well, it would do more good now than when they were kind of. Like that's true. Yeah. Before they got kickstarted. And uh-huh. into a <laughs> I think the 90s was kind of the pinnacle of American society. Really? Yeah. The 90s? Yeah. Man, I'd, I'd never want to bring up the 90s. I'm kind of like embarrassed I was, I grew up in the 90s. Like, it's cringy to me. 80s is cool. Uh-huh. 70s is disco. And then beyond that is just like classy. Uh-huh. But 90s is just kind of this awkward stage of boy bands and hip hop stars and Britney Spears and mm-hmm. Backstreet Boys. Yeah, maybe the early 90s then, but. It's just so faded. Yeah. 80s has looked fondly on. 90s is like, oh my gosh, I grew up with this. This is so embarrassing. You know, (laughs) I know all the lyrics to Toxic. (laughs) But you said 90s was the pinnacle. How was the 90s the pinnacle of our civilization? For a couple of different reasons, I would say. I think that you were still in the 90s allowed to go bike around your neighborhoods all, all the kids went outside during the summer you know you just said bye mom in the morning and you came back around lunchtime and dinner time that was in like suburban america i, I think like canada <laughs> sure yeah like there wasn't a worry about you yeah know, exactly yeah going out in your backyard <laughs> i think in the 90s too you, you know you had a computer that didn't do much you could play a couple of different cool games on there but it didn't consume you. Uh, yeah. You weren't sucked into it. You know, you could definitely be like, okay, well, that was boring. It wasn't you know? perfected on exactly. what could captivate your yeah, it, it didn't, consciousness. It, it didn't hit the dopamine factor. It was like, that was fun for a little bit. Now I'm going to go read because yeah. I get more from it, you know? Oh, that's a great topic. Talking uh-huh. about how the evolution of technology has just become sleeker to be more aesthetically enticing uh-huh. visually, like yep. the refresh rates, you know, the yep. motion, yep. the amount of graphics and pixels and stuff. The, the more information that can be put into our eyes mm-hmm. is what is just all consuming. Eventually, we're going to get to a place like with virtual reality where it, it really does take over your senses. Mm-hmm. And then it starts to mess with your brain. You know, that's how close, like that's how much information is being drilled into you mm-hmm. and overloading your senses. We've just evolved into perfecting how we can totally take the attention of the human mind. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, they do, they do studies on this. They yeah. do tons of science demonstrations and, you know, studies about how certain demographics or genders or ages are affected by a social experiment. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they now have the data of knowing that here's the pattern of human psychology. And so now in a marketing sense, you know, studies have shown this is the most effective way for people to remember and, and be ingrained in your mind. Yep. 
and then they exploit it and then you're stuck in a in a death spiral you know scrolling through facebook videos or youtube videos or we're listening to podcasts or listening to podcasts <laughs> oh, just kidding we you just bit our own tail yeah no it's okay we're good you can keep <laughs> listening to us you won't you won't get the dopamine hit we promise unless you're obsessed with us and that's your problem it's on you that's, <laughs> but we we love you too i guess <laughs> i guess yeah uh. Some of our fans, we just we don't love all of our fans. <laughs> well, I don't think we're big enough to say that. We all love of our all fans of you. Love us, but we don't love all of our. No, fans. no, we love all. Do you of think them. we would ever get to a place like that where we would be just like uh, those people who are like imitating Connor's beard? Uh, <laughs> just they start like Reddit forums. Uh, no, I don't think we'll ever be that cool. That would be interesting if, if that was kind of just dropped on to those yeah. platforms of people who grew up with that from the nineties era, uh-huh. you know. Where they still operate on a community online yeah. about current events and everything. The pinnacle of analog, man. That's all it was. The 90s. Pinnacle of analog. I can roll around with my Walkman with a little little tape in it or a little CD player. Mm. And that was that was tight, yo. When and, things became wireless uh, or at least battery operated and you can go mobile, that's, that's where things started to... Because I grew up with things connected to things, mm-hmm. cables, wires. You had to have something with a wire to keep it tethered. Yep. And then when, when like my dad showed me like one of the first model of car phones or mobile phones, mm-hmm. you know, you would flip down the bottom part and you have to pull up the wire and it's just like, hello. It went, well, it wasn't that black brick. I think that was like the first car phone. Hello, operator. <laughs> uh, you got me connected to Sally. <laughs> hello, okay. operator. <laughs> one moment, please. One moment, I'll connect you. <laughs> How can I direct your call? <laughs> I love the audio of old time things, uh-huh. like, of, of sayings and quotes and movies. Yep. It's just such a, like, that's how I think everyone talked in that time. But that's like. It's the, what was it called? The um, the Atlantic accent, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah, see here. See here, old chap. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of knuckleheads, you see? Yeah, a bunch of knuckleheads. That quack doctor. That quack doctor. <laughs> Was talking to me about my wife and my children. Straight to the moon. Straight to the moon. I swear I'll punch him. <laughs> or something. Kiss, kiss him? No. That's the wrong era. All I'll, right, back uh, out. Pop him on the chin. Uh, with what? Uh, with my mitts. Your your meat hooks? Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's a good one. Your old hams. Your big old sausage fingers. There we go. <laughs> sausage. Yeah, I'm just going with the the meat puns. (laughs) Well, yep. And that's all the time we have for today's episode of the Gift Horse Podcast. Thanks for listening and be sure to stay tuned for more episodes to come.